0: Well, hello there and good evening. My name is Randolph Jay and you're tuned in to the best of what's out there on midtownradio.ca. The premise of this show is a simple one. Each week, we'll be hosting intimate and interactive chats with familiar friends and fascinating strangers about their passions. Could be bird watching, Formula One racing, restoring antiques, or anything else that gets them excited. Our guests will be sharing their fondness for the various subjects that help shape who they are, and occasionally, they may even share their strategies for dealing with everything else in life. Each week, we plan to host a live stream on YouTube during which you can send any questions you may have for our guests, which they'll be able to answer in real time. We'll then take that live stream and edit it down into this podcast to debut right here on Midtown Radio each Monday at 7 p.m., after which point you'll be able to access it anytime by visiting midtownradio.ca. Our guest this week is Nadine Evans, owner and operator of the Tipperary Bog Cheese Shop, proud purveyors of premier artisanal cheeses, throughout Brandt County since 2010. Now, Nadine was to be our very first live streaming guest, but as you'll soon hear, I still have a lot to navigate regarding the necessary technology involved, as well as the patience that dealing with that technology requires of me. So, until we uh, sort out our streaming and streamline our sorting out, please do enjoy this conversation with Nadine Evans of the Tipperary Bog as it was recorded yesterday, December 18th, 2022. Enjoy the show. So, Nadine Evans, uh, tell us a little bit about Tipperary Bog.
1: Well, the Tipperary Bog sort of sprang into action because there was no cheese shop in Bramford at the time. And I thought we as a city needed a cheese shop. And I was going, why wouldn't somebody open a cheese shop here? So I thought, yeah, why wouldn't somebody open a cheese shop here? So it came into life in 2010 because uh, I like had a vision for the cheese shop and Then I actually asked one of my good friends, Brian Strode, uh, or Brian from Whittabeans. That's Brian Whittabean from Strode. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I asked him for some, you know, advice on owning a business, a food business. And and, uh, to my luck, Brian actually gave me my first fridge, which um, boosted me probably six months ahead of time to opening the shop. Nice. And, um, yeah, so it's pretty lucky. Brantford's a great place, and they have a lot of great citizens who are very supportive of small business. So mm-hmm. that's well, how we wh- came into life.
0: I've got to get, so I'm in Cambridge, so I'm a little out of the, the Brantford area. I don't know too much about the downtown Brantford area. Yeah. I will say you've got a beautiful farmer's market, though.
1: Oh, it is such a great market, such a friendly market, the center of the community.
0: Yeah. How long have you been in there?
1: Uh, I've actually been in there for 11 years, so. Oh, so right it, away yeah <laughs> pretty much i I was in business for about a year and a half and then I was approached by the Branford farmers market to come and join them and uh, that's so I did that and uh it's been I never look back it's a great place to be mm. and I yeah so what
0: awesome. were you doing what were you doing before you got into uh, cheese uh,
1: I was actually um in marketing so okay. I was actually working for a company called. Merits and I worked over in the UK for most of my career with Merits and um, and then I moved back to Canada for a stint probably for about three years where I lived in Dundas and then moved back to the UK and then decided I wanted to work for myself so I came back to Canada.
0: Right on. so did, I'm assuming you spent some time in Tipperary then?
1: I did not. You did not? <laughs> the name actually came from my lawyer saying, I'm like, oh, I'm going to have all these cutesy little cheese names for my shop, and she's going, pick a name that nobody has. And so I researched it, and uh, the oldest piece of cheese was, uh, a l- legend has it, found in the Tipperary Bog, and it was 1,400 years old and still edible. So I figured so nobody's going to name, uh, gonna name their cheese shop after a swamp, so...
0: All right, so let me read this right. So you you you've never been to Ireland?
1: Yeah, I've been to Ireland. You have
0: been to Ireland, but you've never yes. been to Tipperary.
1: No. <laughs> okay, so
0: you've never been to Tipperary. You named your rest or your your cheese shop the Tipperary Bog. Uh, and so this was 12 years ago that you got started. Yep. Yeah. All right, so what now the show, the premise of this show, it's a kind of a working premise where we're talking with people who are passionate about a certain thing. Okay. And our mutual friend, Heather. Uh, Heather Slott, Heather. Who, who's a huge cheese fan. I, I got in touch with her. I thought, you know, let's talk about cheese because she's talking about cheese from time to time. And I said, would you like to be, you know, a guinea pig and be in one of the first shows? And she says, well, I love cheese, but I'll tell you who really loves cheese and <laughs> has almost, she didn't say an unhealthy addiction to cheese, but she <laughs> inferred strongly. And, she's uh, you're, correct. <laughs> okay, so what is it about cheese? So is this a childhood thing or?
1: Um, you know what? It actually, I think more so from my time in Europe. So I lived in France for a couple of years, lived in England. And I was exposed to lots of different cheeses, but more so from a social aspect. So we don't always have like cheese boards and we would do um, cheese and pork nights. And, and it was just a really big thing over there. And, and so it was something that was easy. It was delicious. You know, there's always a new variety coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was the thing that I liked and I love social, I love entertaining and that's it.
0: Well, I, I'll tell you, I don't know how easy it can be because it's, I mean, there's, as you say, there are thousands and thousands of varieties of cheese. So I don't understand how easy it can't be easy. It really sure
1: can't. It is. When you love something, everything's easy because it's enjoyable. That's true. that's true. You're out there and you're having fun. You're out there and you're listening to your customers who have just come back from a European holiday or a trip across Canada to Quebec, and that who tell you about this delicious cheese that they had, and all of a sudden you're just going, I've got to find that cheese. So you find it, you bring it in, and everybody loves it. So you know it, that that list of different cheeses keeps going up, and you're it's always a steep learning curve, which is mm-hmm. something that I love, and uh, and I love that we can have that kind of you know international and national experience right in brantford
0: mm-hmm. well i love I yeah. to because when I, I popped in to see you on the weekend uh and you were very very busy but your customers clearly you've got a relationship with your customers that's that's a deep one they really uh, seem to like oh. you, and your face lights up when you're talking about cheese it's really I, kind of a neat thing to see it
1: lights up more when i talk about my customers my kids are always going oh my god you say that every day when i wake up and go i love my customers like you wouldn't believe what they did today like <laughs> and even like, you know, we were talking about, you know, different things and memories and that, and, you know, COVID was a big one where mm-hmm. all the markets shut down, everything shut down. And, um, without like missing a beat, my customers were right there for me. I, uh, I was actually busier than with two markets open, um, during that time, those shutdowns and, um, it's all because of Brantford and the great customers that I have here, and actually we did some deliveries up to Cambridge as well and that so <laughs> that we sounds, we're lucky,
0: yeah, well, and it's and it is a it's a great feeling down at that market in general, just like the everybody seems to I, I, how long has that market been there do you know
1: um the market oh god how is it, how long is it it's I believe it's I can turn of the up, century. Please. I think it, it's turn of the century. I should know this. I am the vendor <laughs> president. Are you but right? It is. It is very old. Like we used to have it actually in downtown Brantford, mm-hmm. um, where that the university has taken over the old Eaton Center, mm-hmm. and uh, but it used to be an open air market, mm-hmm. and it's like amazing. And even as a kid, we used to go down there because I'm from Brantford. So as a kid, my parents used to take us down to the Brantford Farmers Market, mm-hmm. where it is now. And it was amazing. Like, you know, just fun. You always knew you are going to get treats. You always, everybody knows everybody. And I don't mean just everybody knows the vendors. The vendors know everybody. But people, the customers know each other. And they're constantly connecting down there.
0: I I believe it. My wife's family used to have a, a stall up at the St. Jacob's Farmer's Market. Uh for years and years and years. And that that's a zoo. It's a lot of fun up there. But it's I mean it's a it's a it's a jam packed, uh full of everything market. And I liked I really like the intimacy of the Brantford uh yeah. market because you get you, you just walk around, they've got all the stuff that you've got at the big markets, but it just has that much uh, smaller kind of uh and, and you could tell when I walked in there, I, I could tell people knew that I had never been in there before. Because they're giving me yeah, those looks like yeah.
1: You they honestly they, we all know when there's a newbie on the, <laughs> on the street and it's so funny, but you go in, in the morning. It's so like, you know, we're all getting there. We're all starting to prep up before the customers come and you've got Dan, our Eggman. He's like constantly like playing Christmas music. As soon as that, you know, as soon as we're over, November eleventh, all of a sudden you hear Charlie Brown's Christmas every morning, blasted. Like,
0: <laughs> well, Charlie, I can I can live with Charlie Brown's Christmas. Like, I don't know if I can live with all of it, but I can live with Charlie Brown. I love Brown. it.
1: I love the Christmas music. You can play it all year long. As well. <laughs> oh really?
0: No. Do you have yeah. any favorites? Any particular styles you like, or?
1: Um, well, Mariah Carey is my favorite of course. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure people will cringe, but it's my favorite because it pumps you right up. <laughs>
0: oh yeah. Well, no, it's a, and and cheese really does seem like a Christmas kind of. I mean, it's a year-round thing obviously, but Christmas is very big for I'm sure the cheese world gets very excited around Christmas time.
1: Oh my gosh, you wouldn't even believe like the the orders right now are just through the roof and and it's really exciting because you because, you know, like I have calls from everywhere. I got a call in from Northwest Territories. And hopefully oh, wow. this doesn't broadcast before Christmas because I had a call from Northwest Territories for um, a couple. And I, I knew that I had customers with kids up in Northwest Territories. So as soon as the guy said Northwest Territories, I knew who, who it was. Oh. And then <laughs> I'm like, okay, take the order. Go go to the mall to pick up a present for my family. And who do I run into? His mother. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, hey, like this. And the try. Yeah, I haven't sp- just spoken to your son. <laughs>
0: oh, I see. So he's sending from Northwest he's Territories. Sending, he's sending it locally. He's sending it he's to Brandon. He's
1: sending in the request for me to deliver to his parents. And when, he, when I was talking to him on the phone, I said, oh, yeah, I know who your parents are. I actually know where they live because they just live around the corner from <laughs> me. <laughs>
0: That's really great. So, so, so you knew him before he went to the Northwest Territories then?
1: No, I didn't know him. He knows that his parents shop with me. Oh, I know know of him through his parents because all Brantford parents talk about their kids. And the funny (laughs) thing is they all want to impress their kids who are coming from the big city with this fancy cheese.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is fancy cheese. I mean, if you get a chance to visit the, uh, 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 Nadine's Instagram page or Facebook page. If you go to the Tipperary Bog, uh, there are a lot of great photos of, of cheese, and you've got I know you did add some sparkle effects, but you didn't need them. <laughs> I know, I feel
1: <laughs> like that really,
0: perch look. Yeah. So, now <laughs> what that's kind of stuff, pixie now, dust? The pick it is really good. And the filter, I'm, not, I'm just learning to navigate Instagram, I'm still very new at it. I, I, it took me a while to get onto Facebook, but I really like Facebook because you know, you put as much into it and get as much out as you want. It's kind of, it's great for birthdays. It's great for telling, you know, if you need a plumber, you can find a, you know, you can find all these things, but I'm just kind of getting into Instagram. Are you, do you have a preference, Instagram, Facebook?
1: I prefer Instagram myself. Like I have a bigger following on Facebook, but as far as doing fun videos and reaching people through the, a different sort of media yeah. media it's it's much more uh simplistic to use for uh videos and that and just sort of creating that that whole um vibe it creates right. a vibe i don't right. think you can get the same vibe out of facebook
0: <laughs> maybe i don't know I, I it's a it's a learning curve as you say it's i'm, I'm still kind of figuring this out i am still trying to figure out youtube and by next week i'm sure i'll have it navigated i because i did all of the pre-stuff to get ready yeah. to go, and as soon as I started, I'm like, "Oh, well." Now, now, now there are five extra steps that I didn't know were there. So, so technology and I are not the best. I don't know if you can see what's in the. Back. There's nothing technical. I got a grandfather clock in my. Back. <laughs> That's the most technologically sound thing I can operate. But okay, now let's get into cheese here, because now you must, as, if you're a cheese fan, I mean, you and you attach cheese to, I guess the so as you say the social aspect of cheese. Mm-hmm. Uh, so are you into wine as well, or? Is it a, I, is it a, a, I've been
1: known whiskey? to like wine. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, so I've been then,
1: known to do a few wine and cheese pairings as well. Very
0: good. Now, are you big on pairing things with uh, like the combinations of cheeses with different other foods and different savories? Uh, and...
1: I think I like, I don't know that I pair with foods that much, even though I do offer a whole, you know, menu option as well during the weeks, most weeks of the year, not these two weeks of the year. But most weeks of the year, everybody knows that I'll just make a like different pastas and 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 that with um and use it in baking, um, mm-hmm. but pairing it on a cheese board, I'm, I'm I hate even putting cheese with a cracker really because it really? like takes away yeah, it <laughs> takes away from the from the actual essence of the cheese. So, um, I, yeah, I can pair with food. I prefer my cheese personally, just. I just want to have the chunk of cheese and taste what just it right, is, is like. Right
0: out of the wheel. Yeah.
1: yeah. Much better to pair with, like, you know, wine and and spirits. And, and, like, I've done whiskey and whiskey tastings. I did a fun pairing once, though. that was, I'll tell you a fun pairing I did. So uh, Family came back uh, from Italy and brought back a whole different, um, about five different honeys. Mm. And they all had different tastes in the honey, like, mm. you know. And then, so what I did is they asked me to pair – each of the honeys with different cheeses. That's fun. Yeah. So there's one that they used, um, the The older men would use first thing in the morning, and it would pair with their um, coffee, right? Mm-hmm. So they'd have a little bit of honey, have it like taste the honey, drink their coffee. And what I did is I actually paired it with the espresso Bella Vitano. Okay. As, as the pairing. So, there's different things that, like that that i've been asked to do
0: now is that is that a hard? now we, i guess we have to get into all the different kinds just like soft cheese is hard cheese the one you had just mentioned the Bella uh Belta, belitano, you said belitano belitano so what kind of a cheese is that
1: uh it's actually a hybrid cheese so it is a hybrid between basically a parmesan and a cheddar and okay. so right. it, it combines like two different aspects of the cheeses so if you looked at Guns Hill uh, Five Brothers. That would be a hybrid cheese as well. And that's a hybrid between an Appenzeller and a Gouda uh, because he actually trained in Switzerland. Mm -hmm. Like Chef trained in Switzerland and um, they actually, he's actually a Dutch kid. So, um, Mm -hmm. but from Canada, he's from Woodstock. And he created this hybrid cheese uh, of the two pairings. So an Appenzeller being Swiss and Gouda being Dutch.
0: Right now, do you now do you? I uh, are you very involved in the uh, the science of the cheese, as far as how it's made and where it's made, or do you just wait until it arrives and then you're? That's when you. That's when you come alive.
1: Well, I think you have to know the story of each cheese pretty mm-hmm. much um, to effectively uh, describe the cheese to your customers and mm-hmm. know what they're having. But not even that. Like it's pure interest. Like, where is this cheese from? Well, how is it made? Like, what mm-hmm. is the difference between you know, having a cheese that is um, made with milk from cows that are at our level versus milk milk uh, from cows that are alpine, you know, level oh, right. and okay. goat and that. So they're, you know, because of the different vegetation that they're feeding off of, mm. it creates a different essence in the milk.
0: Well, there's so, so many so many variables I imagine as far as like the there, kind of cow as you say the yeah. location of the cow the diet of the cow the treatment of the so, cow the the uh whether it's a an older cow or younger cow I imagine so, makes a difference
1: like so like a lot of Guns Hill uh cheese um he has his own cows right for to mm-hmm. make his cheese with and he has a special feed for those cheese so that they act or to, for those cows so, because he wants um like really low nitrates and stuff within mm-hmm. like the milk, so you know a lot of lot of thought going into the cheese making process. But I mean, even if you're looking at seasonal cheeses, a lot of seasonal cheeses are because you know the time of year where the cows are grazing. So you would have Gruyere from um, the Netherlands, and Gruyere is the first cheese of the season because it's the first um, first. Hay of the season first. um The first hay of the season, the first milk of the season, first cheese of the season. That's how it mm. goes. Yeah. Oh,
0: it's right. kind of cool. It is. It's very cool. And and the thing too, I have to imagine when you're, it's it's very much like wine, where you don't really know what you have until you you've, you've done, you put all the work in, you've labored hard to to craft what you're crafting, but you have to wait. You know, sometimes three, four, 10, 20 years before you yeah. know whether you have a lemon on your hands or whether you've got yeah. something truly delicious.
1: Yeah. And a lot of that, like, you know, when you're talking about the longer um, age cheeses, mm-hmm. you're talking about a lot of tied up real estate that you're paying for. Oh. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Those are like so, you, have a, you have a lovely dog. What's your dog's name?
1: It, this is Duke.
0: Duke. Very He's my sweet. old guy very sweet
1: <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't like to sit down he likes to be right in front of me well
0: it's because you're talking <laughs> about cheese what dog wouldn't want to be yeah
1: <laughs> he's like the most boiled dog in the world are you kidding me well wait,
0: i'm nadine no offense but you probably smell a little like cheese of course he's gonna be I, a loyal
1: probably dog. <laughs> i'm a very delicious smelling person we had
0: we had a basset hound and he would he would go home with the best smelling family at the dog park it wouldn't matter he doesn't care. <laughs> So yeah, absolutely. So now, now we let's say so now the difference now as I understand it because I don't know that much about cheese and and part of what I like about the idea for doing the show is I get to learn a lot about things that kind of interest me or things that I've never really thought about. Last week we were talking with a gentleman about board games and I don't really know very much but it was kind of neat to learn about these different board games. So as far as cheese goes, I am I'm now this is going to sound like a stupid question. Old cheese means it's been sitting longer than than
1: yeah. Uh, so, is
0: that is it because it's always old and strong and it gets stronger as it ages? Is that kind of the way a cheese works?
1: Um, necessarily. Like, so what happens? um Really, the biggest one, the biggest characteristics of an, an older cheese is uh, the crystallization in the cheese, right?
0: Okay, so it just makes and it so harder, when you have those it,
1: crunchy bits. Yeah. Okay. And so, a lot of people like the old cheese because of those the that crystallization in the cheese and um if you have cheddars take a lot longer to age just because of the moisture levels in the cheddar mm-hmm. and versus goudas goudas like tend to age a lot faster so if you have a three-year-old gouda um that is a really nice age gouda because like anything sort of getting past that it's getting almost too hard it's like wines that way so some wines age better than um other wines
0: but they all okay. have a, a shelf life. They all have a, 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 nothing lasts forever. I mean, you say fourteen hundred years they for do cheese.
1: If there's a fourteen hundred <laughs> year old piece of cheese found yeah, in the yeah, but right? if you
0: wait, if you waited another six months, inedible. <laughs> <Yeah.
1: laughs>
0: fourteen hundred just just
1: tolerance that. level. <laughs> yeah, I guess so.
0: But now that's interesting because uh, cheese. I mean, I should I should tell you, I'm actually allergic to dairy. But oh, yeah. I don't. I don't let it stop me. I just have to, you know, plan my day accordingly. <laughs> is it lactose?
1: It's not a lactose intolerance. Well,
0: it's an interesting. I don't know how interesting this is, but I went for an allergy test, and yeah. she said you're allergic to cats, you're allergic to grass, and you're allergic to dairy. And I asked, "Oh, am I lactose intolerant?" Because I don't understand the. You know, she says, "No, no, no. You have an allergy." And so I said, "Well, what is the difference?" And she said, "Well, what you have is an allergy." And I said, but I don't understand the difference between an allergy and an intolerance. She says, and she you know, was trying to be very patient with me. She says, well, if you were lactose intolerant, that would be one thing. But we're testing for allergies, so we know that you have an allergy. And I'm getting a little bit you know, frustrated, and I'm asking again, and she's answering again, and we never really did figure it out. All I know yeah. is I, my, my wife put her hand on my arm, and she says, we'll wait for the doctor. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> And to this day, I still really couldn't tell you. But anyway, that's neither here or there. Oh
1: my god! But uh, but you know what? Like seriously, like even when you're talking lactose intolerant and stuff like that, um, that's a big thing. Like I have to know. It's a huge thing. Lactose intolerant. I'm pregnant. Whatever. It's like I have to like think about those things when I'm actually selling cheese because, um, if I have somebody who's lactose intolerant, I've got to say, okay, well, there's no way you're going to be having a triple cream and feeling good afterwards. Like, right. it's just not going to happen.
0: Well, there are different so, levels of lactose, I gather, in different kinds yeah, of cheese. Yeah, well, the,
1: the older the cheeses, the less lactose it, it is. So if you have an aged cheddar, like, say, four, or five, six years, you're looking at very minimal lactose. Mm-hmm. If you have um, something like a Swiss Gruyere made out of cow's milk, there's zero lactose in it. Oh, okay. And sheep's milk, zero lactose. Goat's milk, she- zero lactose. And a lot of people... Are unaware of that. They think, "Oh my God, I'm lactose intolerant. I can't have cheese." You can totally mm-hmm. have cheese, and you can great varieties of cheese because all those varieties come in soft and hard and whatever. So, well,
0: and I would imagine, and uh, you, correct me if I'm wrong, but I would imagine because goats are so much more uh, adaptable, or or you, I mean, it, it doesn't take as much to raise goats as it does to raise cattle in certain areas. So, certain areas of the world, goats are a lot more. Uh, uh, feasible than cows are.
1: Prevalent? and, so would, um,
0: and yeah, yeah prevalent—that's the word. Yeah, I would. So I would assume that there, as a result, you can get a lot more variety out of goat's milk because there's simply more goats out there in different parts of the you world.
1: Do. So I'll tell you one of my like stupid questions that I actually asked Chef out at Gunsell. I said, Chef, why is goat's milk so much more expensive than cow's milk? And he goes, Nadine, have you ever tried to milk a goat? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so labor intensive is that the deal
1: oh yeah <laughs> that makes sense
0: it does make sense yeah and so goat so goat's, goat's cheese you're thinking like it's like the feta that's the most famous goat's cheese that i can think of isn't it
1: feta is not just goat goat's milk we is have cow's not? milk feta too really yeah and you can get sheep's milk feta
0: oh so feta is feta more of, is the more style of a style of cheese
1: yeah it's more of a style of the cheese
0: okay All yeah right. so
1: like it's a fresh cheese right and it can be made um, from any kind of milk. Really? Yeah. So if you come to my shop, like I pretty much, like I'll carry goat's milk feta sometimes. But the most popular one that I have is the Macedonian feta, which is cow's milk feta. And oh. it just like, I can't keep enough in stock. Like really? it's crazy.
0: Yeah. Okay, okay, well, you know what? We're going to go to part two in a little bit. And I, okay. was very, I was very, I put it on a board. I haven't taken it out of the plastic yet, but <laughs> I have... I have this great um, sampler that your your someone I I think is it Natalie
1: is her name Natalie
0: Natalie she was very thoughtful and put together this little platter platter for me
1: so we're yeah, gonna Natalie try
0: those and we'll go through what they are what these different kinds of cheese are and yeah, then we can talk you about great. the different styles because it, it's a lovely mix it looks like you've got a real uh, nice mix of things in here I'm very excited to try this stuff out now Do you have a I, mean, I asking if you have a favorite cheese I guess is like asking if you have a favorite child but I'm sure you have your favorites.
1: Mm-hmm. I have my favorite. Yeah, Everybody knows my favorite is Sainte-Guer. It's a blue cheese. And well,
0: everybody I, knows it now.
1: <laughs> yeah. Everybody knows it at the market.
0: <laughs> like so what, now tell us about that cheese. What, where does it come from?
1: Um, so that's a, a double cream uh, blue cheese from France, actually. And it's okay. fantastic. Oh, is it delicious. stinky?
0: It's a blue cheese. Is it smelly?
1: Not to me <laughs> oh. <laughs>
0: so no, you mentioned double cream a few times now, does that mean, and this these are all stupid questions because I honest to goodness know nothing about sheep uh double cream does that just mean two different kinds of cream go in, or just twice as much of the same twice
1: cream? as much, okay, twice all as right. much, and then when you get a triple cream, it's like twice like. Three times, three times as much,
0: time. and yeah. A quadruple. Of, yeah, I guess the, there's a there's. I guess you <laughs> reach the <laughs> 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 Oh my goodness! I'm I really really excited to try these cheeses. Uh, if people want to learn more about Tipperary Bog uh, and they can't make it out to brand because you do deliver beyond Brantford. you like you deliver to Cambridge I and
1: deliver. Well, I used to in during COVID and stuff, but these days I'm I'm really restricted to Brand County. Okay,
0: Brant County. Yeah. All right. Okay. So if yeah. people want, so then if people want to see you, best thing to do is to head to your shop, which is where.
1: At the Brantford Farmers Market.
0: Excellent. All yeah. Right. And and that's just on, on Icon. You can look it up.
1: Icon. Icon Drive in yeah. Brantford, and we are open all year round, and we're open Fridays uh, from nine till two, and Saturdays seven a.m. till two p.m. And Excellent. it's just a great friendly market, and people come from all over the place just to come to Brantford Farmers Market. So.
0: They do. They really do. They, they yeah, Because really that's do. what Heather... No, my, my our friend Heather uh, was very, very enthusiastic about the Brantford Farmer's Market because she works out of the one in Paris, you know?
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah.
0: She's news. a trooper. She is a trooper. She and I did Rocky she, Horror. I mean, because we were doing Rocky oh, Horror pictures together. did picture you
1: do that together. with Emery too? Yes. I Emory Emery too.
0: Emery. The two of them are... Uh, it's They're like, a
1: force <laughs> to be reckoned with, those two they, women. They, I love them.
0: They really are. This is probably going to... Uh, cut it in just a few minutes, so I'm gonna
1: okay close it up,
0: and I'll I'll send you a link to a brand new one in a few minutes.
1: Okay, sounds good. Okay, thanks. Thanks, Nadine.
0: You have been listening to part one of this week's installment of The Best of What's Out There on MidtownRadio.ca. Recorded yesterday, December 18th, 2022 via Zoom. My name is Randolph J. Our guest has been Nadine Evans of the Tipperary Bog Cheese Shop located inside the Brantford Farmers Market. Part two is coming up in just a moment, but first I want to remind you that this is a brand new program and your feedback is always welcome. Him. Drop me a line anytime, RadioRando at gmail.com. That's radio rando at gmail.com. And now, part two. We are good to go. There we go. Okay. Okay. Are we good to go? We're good to go.
1: Yeah, we're good to go. <laughs> okay. Nadine,
0: Nadine Evans is with us here on uh, Midtown Radio as our first official guest, uh, talking all things cheese Uh, she comes to us from the tipperary bog which is at the brantford farmer's market in lovely downtown brantford and if you haven't been i would suggest heading down you catch nadine just as you walk in she's on the right hand side a huge crowd will be there talking cheese with nadine but she's very fast and her staff are great and they will take great care of you and uh, so now let's talk about the cheeses that you sent me home with yesterday nadine all right let's do it Okay, now you're uh, Natalie gave me a list, uh, which I'm just I have up here. I'm tethered <laughs> to my microphone here. So okay, so the first one we're gonna try is the Five Brothers Reserve.
1: Mm, that one's is, from Guns Hill Farm out in Woodstock.
0: It is okay. What well, can you tell yeah. us about this cheese?
1: So that is the Appenzeller Gouda cheese that we were talking about before. That's mm-hmm. a hybrid cheese. Mm-hmm. And he actually has won the Grand Prix with that cheese, which is mm-hmm. amazing. the cheese Grand Prix here in Canada. So, which is an amazing competition to win. And he won it only being in business for a few years. That shows how good he is. This guy trained in Switzerland. Um, Chef is his name, Chef Eiselstein. And he, um, that Five Brothers is actually made all of the time. However, the reserve is only available at Christmas every year. And those are aged for two years versus nine the nine months the Five Brothers is usually aged.
0: It's very good. I'm a a big Gouda fan. I do like. Is that delicious? It's very, very delicious. Now, okay. So now you say, um, uh, what was I going to ask you here? Uh, The Grand Prix. Where does that happen?
1: Usually, it happens up in Quebec. Actually. Oh, that makes sense. Right? Yeah. Have you have you toured the cheeses? Cheese from all over Canada.
0: Yeah. Well, I would imagine. So, did now? Do have you toured the cheeses of Quebec? Uh,
1: I personally have not toured the cheeses like. Going to different fromageries in in Quebec, but I've toured them, like, (laughs) getting them into the shop and eating them.
0: (laughs) I love them. How does the process work when people send you cheeses? Because obviously you can't taste everything before you get it in your shop, or can you? Do you taste it all before you pull it in? No, I can't.
1: Nope. Some of it I just order uh, because they've been referred. So when it comes in, I'm going, oh yeah, that's like a fantastic cheese. Or sometimes I don't like some of the things that I've been asked to get, like Mm. you know, some like uh, what is that? What is that cheese? Oh, and people are going to hate me for this, but the coconut Buddha. To me, it tastes like uh, sunscreen.
0: <laughs> oh, I was going to say coconut. I, I imagine
1: could... in the '80s, like lying <laughs> out, <so laughs> myself in <and> coconut sunscreen.
0: <laughs> oh my god, I remember that stuff. Oh my god, the uh, no, but uh, I'm just curious because the because you obviously you, and they can't all be winners when they get in a different taste. Like people have different yeah, tastes.
1: Yeah, some people different. just like that Some people think coconut gouda is the best gouda in the world.
0: Yeah, well, I'm, I'm just a big believer. Blur- I'm a big believer nobody is supposed to like everything.
1: Exactly. Right? To right.
0: each his own. So, because I to, I, okay, so I can only take a little bite of this because otherwise I won't be able to talk. Now, the second one, this is a much larger, very generous portions Natalie gave me here. It's more than yeah, I think she's I can a handle. Generous
1: type of girl. Okay, so this
0: one this one just says uh, uh, 10 year, it's what it says. I don't know what kind of cheese it is. Oh, that's just a cheddar. Tenure. Uh is that what it is?
1: Yeah, this, it's a this 10 is, year this cheddar. Is a year. Yeah. Yeah. So an interesting thing is you cannot age cheese that has bits in it. When I mean bits, it can't have like um, sun-dried tomatoes or anything in it if, if you're going to age a cheese because mm-hmm. it would just end up molding, right? Well, because so, the
0: cheese is not the only thing aging. The tomatoes are aging.
1: Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I would be like, yeah. So anyways, but the 10-year-old cheddar, that one particular one is actually from Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a lovely one a little bit. Stronger. It's like a little bit of barnyard taste is how you describe is. that. I was about to say
0: it's a very, very powerful. <laughs> I don't think that's the one. One of the one of the items on this cheese board that I fashioned here uh, is definitely olfactory-wise taking over the room. <laughs> I don't think it's that <laughs> one, but this cheddar is is very strong. It's very nice. I like I like sharp, and so that's what you call a sharp taste. Sharp. A sharp.
1: Yeah, that would be a sharp cheddar. Yeah. Um, I would. Like if I was pairing that, you would either you can either go with a couple things. You can do a very nice deep red wine, mm-hmm. um, so anything like a Merlot or a Cab Sauv. You could do um, a nice sweet wine. So if you want a Gertzminer, if you want to um, do something more along the lines of a port or a sherry with that, mm-hmm. those are great things as well to pair with that aged cheddar so mm-hmm. and with the aged cheddars they have to with any aging of any cheese you have to keep you know rolling it and brushing it and washing it and you know make sure it's like um you know it's keeping healthy and not correct not like Carrying some unhealthy fur on it, you know what I mean.
0: <laughs> well, I, I don't <laughs> really know what you mean. So, but you, you so, so is it like turning wine not, bottles every now and then? You have to turn the bottle. Yeah, yeah it's like thing?
1: turning the wine bottles. That's okay. exactly the same thing. So they, so you think of all these like walls of cheese. You've seen the big yeah, walls of parmesan and stuff, mm-hmm. right? Well, that takes somebody going through. And turning turning them and washing them like or brushing them off. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's a whole process. So people don't understand. They go, Oh my gosh, how expensive is that cheese? And you know, at this age, why is it so expensive? First of all, you have the real estate. Here he comes again. Sorry. First comes the real estate. And then you have the manpower to actually take care of that cheese, mm-hmm. you know, for that duration. So mm-hmm. well,
0: and it's an investment in time too, because you know. Uh, you are putting 10 years into this wheel and if something goes south and you're out all that, you know, so the insurance I'm sure is quite high.
1: Yes, exactly. Exactly. So like if you had, um, uh, a different level of bacteria happening in your cheese making, um, area or like aging area, Mm -hmm. then that could wipe out a whole year of cheese. Mm. So rebel ocean, uh, Reblochon did not come through this year from Europe, um, just because of that reason. They had a a bacteria issue on their cheese.
0: Reblochon is a type of cheese.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah, so that was sad. You know, last year we had it was the Salt Spring Island cheese. Um, They lost a season, the Christmas season, because of that big flood that cut everything off Mm -hmm. last year. So and they were like wiped out. They couldn't get their cheese off the island. So, man. Yeah, it was ready to go, but I guess they had a lot of cheese in Salt Spring.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, you you got to, I guess, you, like you age it another year, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't yeah. know. I don't know what you would do. Okay, so let's move on to number three here, which uh, it says Montana.
1: Yes, that's a nice three-year-old Gouda. And that one is actually from the Netherlands. Hmm. So you'll see it. The older Gouda gets, it actually gets sweeter in mm-hmm. flavor. It yeah, tastes a little
0: bit sweeter. It you maybe maybe that <laughs> was <with> coffee. <laughs> be, I, I am actually in my Mister T mug. Yeah. it should I sh, it should just be tea, but it's coffee. Yeah, it
1: should just be tea. They spelled it wrong. <laughs> well, I,
0: no, I, I need a little palate cleanser. The um, uh, I was gonna I, I apologize to you because you're watching me do this. I'm not. I'm sure there's a cheese etiquette of having the right knife to cut but and to shape.
1: There probably yeah. is, but we'll ignore that. <laughs> I'm just taking big
0: bites out of things. <laughs> But it's really you good. You go now, hard.
1: You go hard like we all do. Yeah. Well, this one has
0: a a, a rind to it. And tell me, because I know some rinds are edible, and some. I guess they're all ultimately edible, or no? Because the wax. We're we still
1: are talking rinds. about the Montana.
0: Well, just any in general. because so, the, well, the the Montana has like a thicker rind rinds. than
1: okay. Montana.
0: Yeah. So just, if
1: you look at the Five Brothers, Five Brothers yeah. is an actual uh, edible rind. Yeah, but if, it's a
0: thinner. It's a yeah. thinner, less less dense rind.
1: Yeah. So if you look at the Montana. It's actually a wax on that. Mm-hmm. So they've used it and molded it into with the wax molding, which will help preserve the cheese a lot longer. Mm-hmm. And there are different rinds. Like, I mean, you could have a washed rind where they go across and wash it with wine all the time. Mm. That's a nice one.
0: If I have a rind, I'm sure that's.
1: <laughs> that's <laughs> give, what me the, my rind. give me the wine rind. <laughs> okay. okay.
0: So the next one we have here is Red Fox, made with real yeah. Red Fox
1: it is actually a red leicester uh mm-hmm. from england that one is aged a little bit longer than usual so i have another one called red storm which is uh is creamier this one is a little uh firmer a little more crystalline and definitely has a nice nippy taste to it mm-hmm. yeah well, these so, are all,
0: these are all flavorful you've sent me very flavorful cheeses are nothing bland yeah you know, right I mean, these are not these are not the
1: uh, uh obviously uh, i'm trying to wow you <laughs> well, I'm wowed,
0: Nadine. Come on, it's great stuff. Now, this one uh, we're going on to number uh, five. Now, it says Saint. Uh, I think it's A G U R. I can't. I can't. I heard, you should lovely penmanship. A G U R. So, A-G-U-R. whose
1: favorite cheese is Saint Agur?
0: Mm-hmm. This is your Everybody most favorite cheese.
1: Did you it's say it's my most favorite? Is it? I told you that in the first. I know. I just want to make sure that this You're is. you are already the... forgetting about me. No, no, no! I want to make
0: doubly sure because this is this might be the culprit. Yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> might... I think it's the culprit.
0: Hmm. Wow. That's powerful. Oh my God. Do
1: you like blue cheese or no? I do
0: now. I'm sure I do. Yes. I just have to find something. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a damp cheese. <laughs>
1: Let me say oh, you mean a sticky one?
0: Well, no, I was just using my bare hands, and
1: it—it's <laughs> yeah. just a little I moist. I,
0: <laughs> it's very, very. You know, so, so you do like the stinky cheeses then?
1: I, I like that one. I guess if you like, I guess that could be described as stinky. I like it because it's like so creamy and yummy.
0: Well, I guess I'm thinking this would be a great breading kind of a cheese, like with tomato yeah. and a bagel or something like that. That would be a great. Um, yeah,
1: more like on a very very thin wafer cracker. Yeah. But you don't <laughs> if like you to, have to have something. Yeah, if yeah, you have you to don't have like something you, with you, your cheese. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you don't
0: like to spoil it with crackers. and wafer See, oh. I, pay, I pay attention. I understand. <laughs> yeah, okay, but that's it's very good. I I have a feeling my wife's gonna really like that one because she's very much a, and, and and you're right. It's not the stinkiest of cheeses. I mean, because no. I whatever I always think of Limburger.
1: Oh, Limburger I, is a little more fragrant. Yeah. And, uh, but also, like if you had like a washed rind stick, a washed rind, which is like a little bit stickier, like telegio can be a little bit um, more fragrant than other cheeses. Or if you have uh, something like the Grail, which is an ash covered goat cheese. Um, I always know when I have the Grail box in the back of my car. Let's put it that way. <laughs> it's like, you can't forget that one overnight sitting in the back of your car. <laughs> right,
0: now, how do you, Now, I guess this is a good question. How do you keep your cheeses from fighting with each other? You know what I mean? Like, cause if you're kidding, cause you're, your shop, you've got all your cheeses next to each other. You've got all your cheeses yeah. kind of, how yeah. do you keep them from polluting one another?
1: Well, most of my cheeses are wrapped so in well, the, of course, the cabinet because otherwise they would absorb uh too many other uh flavors um or smells in there mm-hmm. the the there are cheeses that you can't wrap so like the gray owl that i just described which is an ash covered goat cheese you don't want to put that in plastic wrap because it would just destroy the cheese because it's so delicate with the ash covering which is the moisture levels so it would just make the ash like really
0: oh but just wrapping yeah. it in plastic
1: yeah. Yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah. So you have to just lid that one. Hmm. So there are cheeses that you would just like, you know, they have different ways to take care of them hmm. um, to, you know, sustain them in the, in the texture, you know, that they should be in. Mm-hmm. Well, that makes sense. Say.
0: Yeah. Okay. And so our final of the five of the uh, five is uh Rio Palo? Is that how I say that? Real pal. Real pal.
1: Real pal. It's named after John Paul Riopel, the artist uh, from Quebec. Oh, very and good. actually, In, if you looked up Rieppele online, you would see the cover um, that they use for this cheese is actually by that artist, and mm. he's since passed away and everything. But it is actually named after him, and that is a really big award-winning cheese from Quebec. Well,
0: it look. I thought it was a brie when I looked at it. It looks like a wedge of brie.
1: It it's technically much not a brie, but no, it's it is a it's nice, much rind. Yeah. yeah,
0: it's very nice, and the, the rind was very. I, the rind looks like one of those thick, heavy-duty
1: you know, eat mm. around like, it kind like, of thing. Yeah. So but they call wasn't. that rind a bloomy rind and the bloom on it. Um, there's, there's a few that you would get with like the triple creams and, um, you know, some double creams You get um, other things like less of That's from here in Canada where they take that rind down by washing it. So we talked about washing before mm-hmm. and, but this one they would, you know, you can use anything for a wash, but in, most circumstances with a wash rind, they're just using a like sort of a, a rennety type base, and you just like wash it that way. So, okay, and now, do, take you the find, off.
0: do you find that days of the bloom off the rose kind of so to speak? Yeah,
1: <laughs>
0: now let me ask you now in the because you import cheese obviously because you're bringing in cheese from all over.
1: Yeah, well, personally, I'm not an importer, um, because you have to importers spike for quota, so you'd have Lablas who took most of the quota this year. And you would take you would have other importers that would get a percentage of quota because Canada will only bring in so much international cheese.
0: Well, that was going to be my next question: is how are you how do you navigate that uh, landscape because it's got to be constantly shifting?
1: Well, there's oh my gosh, it was constantly shifting over the last few years, definitely. So it, usually it doesn't shift too much. Um, however, we had other elements that were. Blending in there, which would be COVID and mm-hmm. uh, the lack of um, shipments coming out because of so many people getting COVID and they were just lo- like wouldn't have the workers to deliver mm-hmm. on either whether it's in the actual shipping process or the production process. You know, there, it was a very tough time. Um, so you just try to navigate. You can kind of like see where um, where there may be gaps coming up. Uh, Mm -hmm. in like when Italy was really struggling with everything that we knew that was going to have a knock on effect. So you kind of had to prepare for that and say, take more cheeses out of Spain and Portugal, which have similar styles, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah. It's a, it's a challenge sometimes, that's for sure. And you never know if you're going to get everything that you ordered, for sure.
0: Oh, that's true. So. And, I, and the thing, too, is when people are making artisanal cheeses, it's the same with a lot of things where... You know, national pride is on the line, and there's a very, there's oh. a very uh, personal. If your name, if your family name is attached to something, and you're representing your, which is why if you go to yeah. any, I've I've always found this. If you go to any deli or any bakery that has the name of a country attached to it, or some kind of culture, yeah. like a Polish bakery or a German deli or something, there's a lot of there's a lot at stake. You really have to deliver the best of the best because you're representing something bigger mm-hmm. than yourself.
1: Well, in the cheese world, it's actually um, called a designation status. Mm -hmm. So you would have DOP where you're origin protected. Okay. Mm -hmm. So origin protected means that you cannot produce that cheese outside of um, that country. Right. Okay. So, for example, like Gruyere, it used to be made in France and Switzerland, but now Gruyere's can only be made in Switzerland. You know they have that designation status so um yeah so there's there's a few things like that that you know you can only you'll only find in a certain country or stilton stilton's a huge one mm-hmm. stilton can't even just be made in england it has to be made within five different counties mm-hmm. within england so pain, only those like- five yeah only those five counties can make stilton
0: yeah no but i guess my question would be: Obviously, if you you know if you have the palate, if you have the technology, and you have the know-how and the manpower and the money, you could make something that tastes virtually like Stilton. And I don't. Is there you a way call to it you, you couldn't call? Well, obviously you couldn't call it Stilton. But it's the <laughs> so same way. You know,
1: be <laughs> Yeah, sparkling
0: wine is not champagne yeah, necessarily.
1: Exactly, sparkling yeah. wine is not champagne, and yeah. so it's the same. It's funny, all it all ties back to wine in some way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if it's just because I'm looking, you know,
0: because I'm looking at your background and your on your Zoom, and it just looks, it looks like you're in the middle of a Christmas party right now. Because I just look at right? little, little bower know, there you're in front the of your fireplace. fireplace. <laughs> you got a charming dog running around. It looks like
1: I do. yeah,
0: you you look ready for just like,
1: about to like. <laughs> photo
0: you look, have, have you done all your shopping?
1: No. I mean, yes, of course I have. <laughs> Everybody's getting cheese? <laughs> I'm not a last-minute shopper. I put a lot of thought into it.
0: <laughs> well, I know where you can get some brood houses.
1: <laughs> I know. That'd be great. down at the Brantford Farmer's Market. <laughs> yes,
0: indeed. Uh, no, it, so, it sounds like you got a lot going on. It sounds like a lot of fun. And it does sound like you're doing what you're passionate about doing.
1: I am. So it's not like a job. Well, yeah. That's, a, that's the magic. It really is
0: a- well, and how do you, like, what, what, uh, I don't want to ask you for life advice or anything necessarily, but what, were you always a person that followed your heart, followed your passion, or did you just wake up one day and say, enough is enough, no more grind. I'm going to do what I love to do and put all of your you know chips I, in that. i always or... followed my passion. Yeah.
1: Like even the, even when I was in corporate, I really loved what I did for a long time. Um, I learned a lot, uh, from the company that I worked for. Um, and, uh, yeah I followed it. I followed my passion. I just actually fell into that job as well and but I did end up being general manager of the company and um, I got to do so many exciting things and so many different trips and stuff because we were a performance improvement company which means loyalty, brand loyalty. Mm-hmm. and um, so yeah, the experiences, you know I think I believe I'm a firm believer that your experiences throughout your life brings you to different points you know, where you're, you're doing a new thing. So my experiences between my 20 well, traveling in my twenties and then getting serious about work when I was around 27 and then changing it all up again when I was like 38, (laughs) you know, it's, you know, it's, it's been, it led me to this place and this is my hometown. I love my hometown. I love the people in my hometown are so friendly and, um, I'd like to see like Brantford thrive and grow and, and become much more diverse and, you know, bring back everything that we learned that the kids that went, I'm never moving back again, they come back to Brantford to bring everything they learned. (laughs)
0: Well, people have a very interesting approach to their hometown, depending on what their hometown is. (laughs) Yeah. Excuse me. I'm from, I'm from Scarborough and Scarborough gets dumped on by everybody. But in my, of my cohort, the people that were growing up in Scarborough around the time I did, A lot of us have very, very fond memories of of Scarborough. And I I still, like when I think of Scarborough, it's always a a positive, you know, fond thought. I mean, I, I don't live there now. I live in Cambridge which is now my town. And so, you know, you become, there's that old expression of uh, when you, someone asks you, what kind of town is this? I'm I'm moving to this town. What kind of town is it? And you say, well, what was, what were the people like in your old town? And you say, Oh, they were great. They were fantastic. Oh, well, they're like that here too. (laughs) Or they were miserable. I hated it. Well, you're going to hate this too, because people are the same.
1: And your, your, your town is what you make it. Mm -hmm. So what are you going to put into it? Like, you know, absolutely. I want, I, I would love it to be more like uh, diversified on, on the things that you can get around here for mm-hmm. eating. And thank God it's going that way. It's, it's great. But also, you know, you, you have to give back as well. So like, you know, I, I work, uh, I work with my friend on the street we're two cooks and we, and I help her with um, cooking for the homeless and that, mm-hmm. and, uh, or the less privileged as well. And, and it works out and it's fun it's like what do you put back into your hometown you know you can hometown could be anything that you make it well it's true you can't just wait for somebody else to make it for you right
0: you're 100 (laughs) percent right and i have to say that uh you know when you're doing something like uh what you're doing and you're in the farmer's market you're in a place where you are seeing you because not everyone is fortunate enough to work in a thriving environment it's one thing to work in a shop where you're, you, yeah. you see your shop and you see all the people that come into your shop and leave. But when you're in a, a market environment, you're, yeah. you know, you take a few moments and you leave, um, you know, someone or Natalie or someone behind the counter. You can just walk around and explore what else is out there, and it becomes a kind of a, a meeting space where you can share, you know, what's going on in town. How do we make Brantford better? How do we, you know, fix some of the problems we have? How do we, you know, advance on some successes? And you know, I think.
1: Thanks exactly and we are we're a city-owned property so mm-hmm. you know our city um it does invest in in the brantford farmers market and they want to see it successful and and we're lucky that way mm-hmm. so
0: yeah and free parking know,
1: we have a good collaboration now with the city and and working with them to promote the market and and develop the market into what it should be um all the time like you know all-encompassing of what our values as a city represents
0: mm-hmm. so yeah Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think the market is – it's its any any meeting place where people from all walks of life can come and, you know, check it out. And if you've never been to the Brantford Farmer's Market or to any farmer's market, most towns have some version of a farmer's market. Yeah. Check them out because it's a great yeah. way to meet your neighbors, to get out there and and to see – you don't have to buy everything. You don't have to love everything, but you get to see yeah. this environment where people are – Because I don't think anyone that I've met that works in a stall in a farmers market and it's their business. I don't think any of them aren't passionate about what they're doing because it's too hard. It's too hard.
1: That is is the truth. And where can you go to any supermarket and find a specialist at every single counter? Mm -hmm. Like every single counter has specialists there. Mm -hmm. The other thing is the other thing is to look at it from a small uh, business opportunity. So if you're passionate about something, a food or a, or like a craft or, you know, anything like that, where else can you start up a small business and run a small successful business? You know, I personally, like, I know you asked for my shop. I don't have a shop. I'm there for 12 hours a week. Plus I, you know, do delivery and stuff around Brant County, but Mm -hmm. it is a place that can spawn a business and, support a small business, you know, and, and, you know, where else are you going to get free advertising and everything else put on by the city? Like it's fantastic mm. opportunity for small business owners. So I'd say if you're interested in starting up a small business, you should come down to the brand Farmers market and talk to the manager and talk to myself um, as the president of the market vendors, because there's huge opportunities mm-hmm. to work for yourself.
0: Now, if you, if you, if cheese, were found to be, you know, something we can't do cheese anymore. Cheese is no longer a viable food stuff. What would, what would you move on to?
1: Well, probably shoes, but <laughs> 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 <Or> wine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just, just the, wine. Just because they both and come it, in wedges. They both come in wedges. Is that
1: why? <laughs> The funny thing is, I have all these nice shoes and I never wear them. I'm always in my like rubber boots because I'm at the market. Well, I was going to say,
0: you can't be wearing, you know, four inch, you know, (laughs) Gucci's when you're, you know, stomping around in a market cheese stall.
1: It's, it's true yeah. sloshing the feta juice on my on my gucci's Gosh.
0: there's your sound bite right there
1: like, <laughs> right <laughs> i think i'll name my next shop after that <laughs> do it
0: absolutely so when you're not when you're not involved with cheese what do you do for fun i mean i mean obviously it's a passion do that you do that you you i like do, to travel yeah where do you go
1: yeah well um this year i've been to uh england twice and sweden twice and i really love europe i like seeing new things so i went skiing mm-hmm. with my daughter over in uh, sweden mm-hmm. which was super fun
0: yeah
1: um a little bit scary but <laughs> downhill. They have the, yeah. yeah downhill <laughs> definitely downhill she goes mom i've never seen some somebody who can so gracefully get up off skis like you can because you fall so much <laughs> it's a good it's good practice it's good practice for life <laughs> yeah yeah. so i i'd love to do that i love uh you know i love to um you know, take my dog for walks and you know, he's getting old now, but he was a good walker at <laughs> one yeah. time
0: when you're traveling, yeah. when you're so, traveling, I like exploring
1: Canada. So yeah,
0: I was going to say, cause when you are traveling, I'm sure that you're I seeking out grows. the different, the different, <laughs> the different cheese, cheese. You, what was the term used? for? you you're, you're checking the different cheese markets, the different cheese when you're going abroad. I'm sure if you're in Switzerland, you've got, a, I hear they've got a cheese. Swiss? Oh yeah. I cheese. They got a cheese there
1: or two. Oh my God. <laughs> I I, I literally share all my trips with my um, customers because I always am finding cheese boards and everything to do, and it's so much fun.
0: Yeah, That no, it sounds like a lot of fun.
1: I think you're freezing.
0: I, I, am I, I freezing? I think you're freezing. I think you've frozen. There you go. Are You back? Yeah, I'm back. Okay, no worries. <laughs> uh, I, th- yeah, I, th- I think. Yeah, I think. I think are pro- I've got enough because we're gonna put. Play- I think you're frozen again. So yeah, I think one of our internet connections is kind of crapping out on us here. Sorry, go ahead. No, that's okay. Uh, yeah, I just want to, I, I can't thank you enough. Uh, we've had Nadine Evans with us today for our, you're our first, you are going to be our first official live streamed guest and the premise of this program what we want to do is do a live stream where people can ask questions in real time because there are there i mean i I like cheese i wouldn't call myself knowledgeable about cheese but there are people in the world who are tuning into this who are very much you know cheese people and i'm sure they have questions that they would love to have been able to ask you which is why we wanted to have nadine on uh, youtube so we do a live stream and then anyone would You know, that's that's kind of the premise of what we're doing moving forward down the road. And unfortunately, my technological uh, lack has brought (laughs) us to the point where we're doing a pre-recorded show, uh, which is uh, broadcasting on uh, Midtown Radio from 7 to 8 p.m. on Mondays. But you'll be able to get the podcast from the site and you can pass it along if you wish and share it with your cheese friends. And if you have any questions at all about cheese. I, I suspect Nadine would be more than happy to give answer to those questions. So once again, it's the Tipperary Bog at the Brantford Farmer's Market. Did you want to give out your Instagram handles and details and phone numbers and all that jazz? Or?
1: Tipperary Bog Market. If you look uh, me up on anything from Facebook and Instagram, and you can look at, if you want to email me, you can go um at gmail.com.
0: Beautiful. We'll make sure I post that and link to this as well. And uh, we'll get all that done. I really thank you enough. I know it's a busy time of year for you. So thanks for taking a few minutes and chatting with us.
1: Hey, my pleasure. Thanks for asking me. And oh. shout out to Heather Slot over at as the <laughs> Effects. I was going to
0: say, yeah, we want to dedicate our little show here, our little dog and pony and cheese show to uh, Heather, who's done all yeah. who's Heather. Heather put us Best in touch girl in the first place. Ever. She does make great grilled cheese. She, we're gonna see I'm gonna see if I can maybe have her talk about her passion for sandwiches at some point oh, down the road.
1: You should, you should. I
0: really should. Okay. Uh, Nadine, thanks so much. Have a great holiday and I look forward to seeing you in the new year.
1: And you too. Okay. okay. Bless
0: your heart. Take care okay. on. And that will just about do it for this week's installment of the best of what's out there on midtownradio.ca. I want to thank Nadine Evans of the Tipperary Bog for being our very first official guest. And my apologies that we weren't able to get the live stream up and running. It's my hope that uh, by this time next week, we will have that problem sorted. In the meantime, our guest next week will be Kate Frazier. She'll be talking about one of her many passions, Coffee. So if you have any coffee questions, send them along. My email address, RadioRando at gmail.com. Once we have a time set for the live stream, we will post that to our Facebook page, which is Mondo Rando. We'll also link that on Instagram with Mondo Rando Radio. Please do stay tuned for more great programming on MidtownRadio.ca and get out there and have a fun, fun week. Back soon. Bye-bye for now.